and welcome back to the podcast. This is But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. I'm so happy that you're listening today on this Monday. Today's podcast episode is all about things that I didn't expect about getting married and also just kind of tips if you are engaged, things to talk about before marriage and kind of prepping for marriage. I've done a podcast on things I learned from like the first week But that was kind of more of an announcement that I married, kind of sharing a few things. But I wanted this one to be just really tangible and helpful because one of the questions that I get the most kind of questions about is all about being engaged. How do you know that someone's the one? How do you know that you're ready for marriage? And so I thought it would be really informative to really think, even though we've only been married for a few months, and I just want to acknowledge that we do not know everything. And I also just want to acknowledge that I'm not an expert. I'm not a marriage counselor, not any of these things. These are just things from my personal experience at getting married at 22, what I've learned so far and our engagement process, things we talked about, and kind of setting yourself up for a healthy marriage. I talk about a lot of different things in this, kind of family histories, getting to know someone and their expectations of you. I also talk a little bit about kind of sex and intimacy in this, not in like a graphic way, but just kind of the meaning of it in light of marriage. I also just want to preface, if you guys don't know, I think most people who listen regularly do know, but I am a Christian. And so all of these things are kind of in the lens of my faith as a Christian, someone who believes that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And this is also the faith that Aiden has as well. And so I can never talk about these things without mentioning my faith because they're so intertwined. And I know here and there, I do like to kind of give tips and share insight, even if you're not a Christian. And even some of these things I think are helpful, even if you're not. But most of the choices that we made and the choices I made do come from the fact that I am a Christian and that shapes my beliefs and my values. And I can't separate that from the advice that I have. So I just want to preface with that. Always just want to be clear that you know my worldview before getting into it. I am really excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a good one. I did some prep on it and it's just kind of a more chatty episode talking about things I learned and everything in between. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. So for a little background, you guys might know or you might not know, but I met Aiden my freshman year of college. So we were 18 at the time when we met. I was kind of in this phase of life where I had just broken up with my only other boyfriend that I've had before who we, I think we dated for three years in high school. And then I went to college and told myself, you know, I'm not going to date anyone. I'm going to be single. I'm going to say yes to everything and just have a good time, enjoy my life, being single in New York City. And I met Aiden my freshman year of college at like a little college get-together that we had. We had like brother and sister houses and he was in my brother house. And so I met him there and I didn't really think anything about him. I just thought like, oh, this guy's nice. We didn't really talk that much. But then we hung out again at another little gathering and just got to know each other a little more. And then he eventually asked me out, which was supposed to be just me and him, but he said, it's an open invite. So I brought a lot of my friends, even though he was trying to make it a date. And then we went on a real date after. And we did like a couple months of getting to know each other, dating, not really calling it dating because I was on my I want to be single phase. And so I didn't really put any labels on it. But essentially, he was my boyfriend. I was his girlfriend. So that was October of our freshman year of college and then we dated for three years and got engaged when we were both 21 so Aiden graduated a year after me because I graduated a year early but we're the same age if that makes sense 
And so this was the year I was done with school and it was his last year of college. And we also waited to move in together and we were also waiting until marriage. So before we got married, there was a lot that I just didn't really know what to expect, you know, for someone who's never lived with a boy before, someone who's never even spent the night at someone's house who's a boy, like there's just a lot of unknowns and things that you're not sure what to expect. There was just a lot of unknowns. So we got engaged December when we were both 21 and little did I know 2020 was going to be a major roller coaster. So most of our engagement was during the pandemic. So I would say about the middle of March is when things got really, really weird. And that was kind of the moment where I started questioning, are we actually going to get married? Are we going to do an elopement? Is our wedding going to happen? And started to really stress about this. And so those first few months of our engagement pre-pandemic were very blissful. We were doing all the wedding planning stuff. It was very fun. We were talking about things. We had just started premarital counseling. But I think once the pandemic hit, it was like everything just went to crap. (laughs) Not necessarily with the wedding, but there was just so much stress of wanting to please all family members by doing what everyone wanted, but also wanting to do what I wanted to do. And there was just so much added stress that comes on top of, hey, you're seriously going to be marrying this person and spending the rest of your life with this person but you're also in a pandemic Aiden was finding a job too we were in the process of moving to Texas and there was just so many moving parts that once we got married I really felt like it was a breath of fresh air it was the first time where I could really just let a load off my shoulders I felt like I was holding in all of this angst unconsciously and it really felt good just getting to be married and so I actually feel like the pandemic really put things in perspective for me in terms of engagement because I couldn't really focus on wanting to have everyone at the wedding like we had way less than we thought were going to be there it was really truly just about our relationship and prepping for marriage and that was kind of the only thing I knew for sure was going to happen like okay August 22nd Even if it's at a courthouse, if it's not at our wedding venue, like we're going to get married. And so that's where I spent a lot of my energy. During engagement, with all that added stress, I definitely feel like we had some conflict. We were just very tense and any kind of pressure like that can really add more pressure onto your relationship. And so I think that I have really good advice for things to talk about and just kind of working through this season. I know that A lot of people encourage, you know, young Christians who are getting married or even older Christians to go to premarital counseling. And essentially premarital counseling is kind of when you hash out things that you want to know before you get married. So you talk a lot about, you know, your faith, expectations, how you were raised, a lot of the topics I'm about to share with you guys that I think you should talk about before you get engaged but you do it in a formal premarital counseling setting. And a lot of times you do it at your church. You'll sit down with a couple of pastors or a couple, like my parents taught a premarital counseling class with a younger couple within our church. And so this was kind of what I always thought you should do as a Christian. And so we, at the time, were going to a church in New York, but we weren't members there. And so we set something up, but it was just really informal. It was during the pandemic, so it was over Zoom. I wasn't even in the same city as Aiden at the at this time. And so it just didn't really feel super beneficial if I'm being totally honest. It wasn't like, okay, we're sitting, reading a book. It was kind of more like you ask the pastor questions and he answers. 
And I just didn't know what I should be asking. I didn't know if there were certain things we weren't talking about that we should be talking about. And so I also kind of stressed about this. I stressed like, oh my gosh, we're not talking about the things that we should be talking about. And so I just want to encourage you if you don't have like that set premarital counseling session that that's totally okay. And I do think that is really beneficial. Like all my siblings did that. A lot of my friends did that. It was really helpful. But you can still talk about these things one-on-one with your partner and not necessarily need to be in that setting. So I just want to say that I kind of just got over the fact that our engagement period was not going to be the same as anyone else's because we were engaged during a pandemic and so it wasn't going to be normal. I do have two books that I would highly recommend if you guys are engaged and you are a Christian on reading. The first one is Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. This is a really awesome, solid book about marriage, what it means, and I'd highly recommend reading it with your fiance. And another one is You and Me Forever by Francis and Lisa Chan. I read this one too closer to when we got married and it's very much about how to be on mission in your marriage and to have your relationship with Christ be the center of your relationship. And it's a really good one. If you guys haven't read that one, I'd highly recommend I'll have both of these in the show notes, but I have a few quotes that I'll read from these throughout the podcast, but these books are definitely some of my favorite ones. So if you are engaged, if you're thinking about getting engaged, kind of prepping for marriage, these are the things that I would recommend talking about or doing beforehand. And the first one is just spending a lot of time with each other's families. I truly believe once you get married, you really are marrying the other person's family too. And you hear this and it's kind of like a cliche, but I can say it's definitely true. You will be spending holidays with another family. You will be visiting and it is a big part of marriage. And so you want to make sure you know what the other person's family is like And more importantly, what your future spouse is like within their family. See kind of the roles within their family, how they interact. And you just want to make sure there aren't any red flags because a lot of the habits that people pick up, they get from their family. Another thing is if something happens and you kind of hear like in-law drama or whatever, you just want to make sure your spouse is going to stick up for you. And this is not always the case. Some people marry into families where it is totally normal. There's never any conflict. There is never any drama, but I just don't think that's the case for most people. Even if it's just small things, small things do come up and you want to make sure you're kind of prepared for the way that their family does things and acts. One thing I really appreciated about Aiden was he would spend a lot of time with my family even when I wasn't there. So he would visit and him and my dad would go hang out and do stuff together or like the other night he went to Torchies with my family. I wasn't even there and it's just really normal. He really blends with my family very well and if you guys know me, if you know me from YouTube, I'm extremely close with my family. I have four older siblings. My parents are still together and we're just very tight knit. We are really close. My siblings are definitely my best friends. Like I can't imagine ever losing them. They are the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love my family so much. And so it really was important for me that whoever I married also married well into my family. And I think that a lot of people wouldn't guess this, but Aiden and I come from just very different backgrounds, very different like family upbringings, and that's totally okay. And that's for the most part going to be how it is like because whoever you're dating is not going to be raised the exact same way that you are. 
And you just want to know that beforehand. So I would recommend just spending as much time as possible with each other's families and also just realizing what that relationship is going to be like. Another thing, if you are a Christian, I'd really recommend going to church together. Even if you don't go to the same church, make sure that you start trying to go to the same church together. Obviously, our faith is not necessarily because we go to church. But I think that church spurs a lot of these conversations whenever you have them when you're leaving church. Finances. And I think this is one of those things that people often talk about like right before they get married. And I do think it's important to talk about it sooner. You obviously don't need to say, hey, I make X amount like the first month you're dating. I don't think that's necessary. Do we want to have shared bank accounts or separate? Do you hold really tightly onto your money? Is money a source of idolatry in your life you know these are things that I think are really good to talk about and we talked about pretty soon because I do think that money really does influence your marriage it's one of the biggest reasons why people get divorced if you guys listen to my last podcast with Rachel Cruz we talked about that too and just kind of having transparency with your spouse and I can just say after being married I feel like I'm so much better with my money because I have accountability and The funny thing is I don't even think Aiden is strict with money. I definitely think I'm more of the strict one with money, but and he never judges me for the way I spend money, but it's just the fact that you have someone there to make decisions with, you know you're holding to a budget to together. It just makes you more accountable with your money. But I think this is one of those things that is good to kind of talk about beforehand so it's not just this big gotcha moment whenever it does come up. Another big one is just your past. If there is some baggage that you come with if there are things that you really hold on to that maybe you shouldn't whether that be related to sex whether that be related to friendships family issues just anything that is kind of a secret that you're holding on to that you really feel like weighs you down it's really important to talk about this and open up with the other person because if it does come you know out while you're married I definitely think it's harder to work through and it makes more sense whenever you're talking to someone and you can understand them better because you are aware of maybe their past insecurities, things that happen. You can kind of understand the way they think and this is something that you can get past too. It's like God has so much grace for the ways in which we were affected when we were younger, the things that happened to us and we're not meant to live in shame. Like God wants us to be free and so having someone to kind of speak that into your life is really important and is important to talk about before you actually get married. This next one is kind of random, but it's just to make sure that you go through stressful situations or times maybe before you get married. This isn't necessarily something you have to do, but I am someone who really exposes, you know, my true character when I'm stressed whenever I'm anxious and that was kind of something I had to deal with like you know hey I totally make a 180 when I get stressed I lose all sorts of stability and you really want to make sure you realize how the other person copes with stress are they going to take it out on you are they going to open up about it with you are they going to talk about it with you are they transparent It really does show someone's character whenever they're stressed and how they deal with it. And this is something that you can get better at too. It's not like, oh, I deal with things in a poor way, so I'm always going to deal with them in this way. But that's just not the case. You can definitely fix the way you react to things. And I think that's the one thing you can control. You can't control situations, but you can control how you react to them. But it's just good to know going into it, like, hey, is this something that we're going to have to work at? Just to be aware that it is a thing. 
Another big thing that's also fairly obvious is to talk about kids. If you would like to have kids, obviously you don't know for sure if you're going to be able to have children, but if it is a possibility, you know, I would want to know if Aiden plans to have kids or wants to have kids because I definitely do and that would be a deal breaker for me unless they totally just couldn't have kids. I think that's a totally different thing. But as I said, I grew up in a very large family, so I love family. It's really important to me and I really do look forward to having a family down the road one day. And so that's something that we made sure to talk about before, how many kids we want, if we can have kids. And obviously these things can change, but again, it's just one of those things that I think is good to talk about beforehand. And the last one, and one that might be kind of controversial, is to argue and to kind of bicker about things. I know a lot of people say that they don't argue in their relationship, like we've never fought, we never fight. I'm not talking about fighting, like yelling at each other or anything like that, but it's good to disagree on things and see how the other person disagrees because I can guarantee you when getting married, there's going to be something that you disagree about. We're talking one day you're going to be parenting kids with this person. You're going to be delegating household chores with this person. You're going to be buying a house with this person. You are not the same person, and so you are going to disagree. And so we, you know, argued about a few things here and there. I think one thing that we would argue about whenever we were dating a lot was I am very punctual. I like being on time. I find it very offensive when I am late or when someone else is late. I just don't like that. This doesn't bother me as much anymore. I feel like now I've gotten a lot more accustomed to being late. But Aiden is more of a free spirit, which I don't think people would think either because he's very analytical. He works a job that is very much just like spreadsheets and finding trends and patterns, that kind of thing. But he's more of a free spirit, kind of likes to chillax a little bit, have a really casual routine. And there are times when it just drove me up a wall how we were always late to things or he would be late to things. And I started taking it personally, like, do you not care to be on time for me? When obviously it was not a personal thing. But it just goes to show that there are things that you can kind of argue about and see how this person argues and see their temper because people can make a 180 when they're mad and you just want to know that beforehand because then when you actually get married you will have like some practice on this beforehand I don't know if a lot of people don't argue in dating and then get married and it's like a big deal but I just think it can be helpful to make sure you argue about things here and there so you can kind of practice how to have I think my sister calls it heated fellowship like heated fellowship with this person where you really just sort things out in a healthy way instead of just going off and making fighting a bad habit that is always happening. And now we're going to get into the things that I just did not expect that I was kind of aware of once we got married. The first thing is just how normal it was. I talked about this kind of in my podcast that I did on things that I've learned. But I think especially as a Christian, marriage is kind of put on this pedestal of like, this is the end all be all. You know, we really encourage it in Christianity. We really encourage it in the church. And obviously it's a beautiful thing and such a deep, meaningful institution. But at the same time, I really didn't feel like it made things feel that different. Even moving in with Aiden, I don't think that our relationship really changed a whole lot. I just thought once I got married, I would feel like a different person. I would, you know, have different dreams, different goals, which that one I do think actually is a little bit true. But I just thought that I would have this huge 180 shift to this new life. And there are ways that it was different. And I definitely feel close to Aiden in a way that I've never felt before. 
But from day-to-day life, like we still wake up in the morning, we still eat breakfast, we still have our own work we have to do every day, we still work out, we still watch like the same TV shows. So those daily things are the same, but the thing is that you know you always have a companion to do those things with. I think that is the shift that eventually I learned over time. But in the moment, like that first week, it really didn't feel that different which can be really encouraging if you're just nervous about kind of changing and things just feeling different and kind of shocking your system that you're not used to. It is different, but not in the ways in which I think that you think it would be. The second thing is just how easy it is to compare your marriage to other people's and that you definitely shouldn't do that. I firmly believe that no two marriages are the exact same, and that is a good thing. You know, we're all different people. We come from different families. We come from different backgrounds, and even though I'm doing this whole podcast on kind of things I wish I knew, if you're in a different relationship, you don't need to take my advice. Like, your relationship is not the same, and I think that there are, like, core things that you can listen to, but everyone's different. Everyone prefers to do different chores. Everyone prefers to kind of live different lifestyles, and that is okay. I think that I thought beforehand, I think that I thought before marriage that there was, like, a right way to do marriage, that there was a right way to delegate chores, that there was a right way to split our money, that there was a right way to live together. And I've kind of have to let go of this idea that there's a perfect way of living with your spouse and a perfect way of doing your marriage. I mean, the other day we go through this journal. It's called the marriage journal. We do it every Monday night. It's great if you're married you essentially just sit down and you write out kind of your schedule for the week so you're on the same page. And then you go through a lot of questions like, how can I pray for you? And how did you feel this week? Was there any way that you were hurt this week? And it has been one of the best parts of our Monday nights. And originally we thought it was going to be kind of cheesy because we sometimes don't really get into like kind of like cheesy (laughs) things. But it has been so helpful for our relationship. So I'd highly recommend it even if you're opposed to like doing cute little devotionals or anything like that. I know not everyone is into that. But we were sitting down and talking and he was talking about the other night how like I'm someone, like I said, who really likes to have a schedule and a routine. And I found when we first got married, I was really trying to stick to this. We eat at the same time every night. We wake up at the same time every morning. We do a date night on this night. And things were just getting a little too routine to where we were starting to feel a little suffocated And he just told me like, hey, we should just try to be a little bit more spontaneous and kind of let the guard down a little bit, if you will. And it definitely helped our moods. It definitely helped how we interacted with each other. And so that just goes to show that you don't have to do things a certain way and there's not a right way to do things. One thing that I think is so funny, so I am definitely the person who cooks dinner most nights. Every night we'll make a different meal but some nights we will actually like go out to eat if it's like our date night or something but most nights I cook dinner and Aiden cleans up our dinner and it's so funny because I make videos and this is like the number one thing that people are bothered by is that I'm the one who cooks like every night and I just think it's fine I just think that I'm better at cooking dinner and I would prefer to cook dinner and I'd prefer for Aiden to do other chores like take out the trash you know clean up dinner, put gas in our car when it needs gas and make sure it's serviced right and then helping with cleaning. Like these are things he can do 
that he prefers to do as well. But it just goes to show that, you know, it's okay that we do things differently than other people. And that's fine. You just have to accept that your marriage is not the same as anyone else's. And number three is just how rewarding it is. I can't tell you, and I've said this one before, but it's just so true that I can't say it enough how rewarding it is to have someone who is literally like a companion throughout your life someone to sleep with someone to spend time together with someone to deal with hard things with just a constant person who's there I have been going through a very just kind of weird personal season dealing with a lot of anxiety and insomnia which I believe are intertwined and I finally started kind of seeking out help in this area in my life but I can't imagine going through these things by myself because he is such a blessing from God above for being here during the season of my life like I do not know what I would do without him he keeps me on track he helps me in practical ways in a practical sense he helps me just by encouraging me to hang out with my friends and to see people and to talk to people and also encourages me to have goals outside of YouTube and outside of Instagram, just personal kind of passions to work on. And then on like a spiritual sense, I just know he is constantly praying for me and I believe in the power of prayer. And I just know that he is my teammate. Like we are always on the same team. And especially when I'm dealing with something so personal that he can't, you know, fix my mind to make me less anxious. He can be there for me and help, you know, fight this battle where I really do think that anxiety is a spiritual battle and I just know that I can always lean on him and while he can't fix me, he can't make my problems go away. I can't tell you how nice it is to have someone who listens to you. He can tell the minute that I am just not okay and I think you'll notice this within marriage. You'll try to cover up how you feel. Maybe you just don't want to talk about it. Maybe you just want to have a good day. But man, if I'm not feeling it, he knows and picks up on it right away and we talk about it and it helps me so much. And so I'm so thankful for him and I just know that if you guys are getting married, that's one of the most special things that I think comes within a marriage is just having a constant companion who's in a covenant relationship with you, who loves you and is, you know, one with you. And it's such a beautiful thing that I wish everyone would get to experience if they wanted to they wanted to get married and it's definitely one of the best parts this next one is about sex and it's just that sex is very additive in a relationship but it is not the whole thing so obviously you guys know I waited until marriage and I think that anytime you withhold from engaging in something you can slowly start to idolize that thing and for me obviously I would do that to some extent with sex because it was this thing that I just didn't engage in until we were married And I know that a lot of other people probably struggle with that too, but I found this quote from Paul David Tripp. It was on an article having to deal with like sex with a marriage, but it says, marriage really is just a long-term exercise in gardening. If you've done any gardening, you know there simply aren't any shortcuts. When you drive by that house, festooned with gorgeous flowers of a wide variety of colors and kind, tell yourself that what you are looking at is hard work. Gardens begin with hard work. Clearing the land isn't fun, but it's essential. Digging holes for the seeds isn't enjoyable, but it too is a necessary step. The work of regular watering and weeding is also a necessity. Sex is not the fuel of a good relationship. It is the expression or fruit of one. So it is impossible not to drive the character and quality of the relationship into this moment of nakedness and vulnerability. Sinners, which in case you forgot are all of us, always drag their sin into their marriages. 
We are all weedy people who need to pull personal and relational weeds daily so that the flowers of love and grace may grow. And I think with sex, a lot of times within a marriage, it can be treated as just this huge deal. And, you know, the single thing that's going to make you feel one with someone. But from my own personal experience, I don't really like to talk about like the nitty gritty of like, you know, my sex life or anything because that's just not what I do. But I do want to say this because I know there are a lot of people who are waiting until marriage who don't hear a lot of like the practical side and the realistic side. I think that that is such an additive thing in a relationship when all the other realms of the relationship are in check. So when you feel oneness with your communication, when you feel oneness with your quality time, when you feel oneness with, you know, how this other person is thinking about you and sex is not going to be this thing that takes your relationship from zero to a hundred if there aren't other things in place and it is the most fruitful when it is like an additive thing and I really liked I remembered Kristen Johns talked about this in a video once who also doesn't really talk about this stuff as much but she mentioned how you know our culture is just so saturated with sex that I think it can become just it can just become this huge thing in our mind When it is so additive and important to a relationship and for a marriage, like it is a beautiful thing that God has created. And the fact that it's something that we can take pleasure in, it just makes it so much more beautiful. But it's not this thing to idolize. And when you idolize it, that is when it leads to more conflict, in my opinion. So, and while it's not meant to be something to be idolized, it's just something that's fun too. I don't think that a lot of like the church talks about that there's so much emphasis on like how just deep and you know spiritual it is and I definitely agree with that but it's also just something to have fun with and to be lighthearted. and I wish that was something that I heard before I got married so and just something to make sure you communicate about and you know just have fun with like I said I think that it's something that people don't really talk about especially with it especially within Christianity. So I just wanted to touch on that here. This next one is if you are changing your last name. I didn't realize how long it takes to legally change your last name and just for yourself to get used to it. I still really only call myself Michelle Reed. I don't really say Michelle Gauthier, which is my new last name. I think that I thought like when we got married, it would just click and I would switch and it would all be normal. But if you are changing your last name, it takes forever. And right now, if you want to get a driver's license appointment at the DMV in Texas, because you have to if you're changing your name, you can't get an appointment until I got one for February, which is obviously a very long time away. And so it's just a process. And I'm kind of ready to finally just have one name. I'm keeping my last name as my middle name, not hyphenating my name, but I'm just changing my middle name to my last name. And so I think that that'll make the transition a little smoother. It does take a long time though, if that's something that you're doing. And if you want to change your last name, I'd highly recommend using the service newly named. That's what I'm using. And it's essentially this box that helps you change your last name so it prints out all the forms for you and as a checklist I think it was $80 to do and I definitely think it's worth it rather than having to do everything on your own it saves time even though it does cost some money but it makes the process a lot a lot easier even when it's really confusing so this next one is one that I'm just going to be a little bit vulnerable about because I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about this and it was a very strange feeling that I didn't anticipate But I think it is very hard if you are someone who's very close to your family going from, I was also living at home with my family 
going from that to being one with a new person and just kind of feeling distant from your family after we got married and you know had like our little mini honeymoon since we couldn't go on our international one there was just this weird like lingering feeling for me that I felt like I wasn't a part of my family anymore which was such an irrational thing because we were seeing my family all the time I was talking to my family I felt very much included but somehow like deep in my soul I felt like I had betrayed my family or something and I don't know why I felt this way it was very strange and I even had like a little breakdown about it with Aiden he was like you can see your family however much you want to like you're still part of your family and was trying to console me but I was just in this fog of you know dealing with a lot of change that is very new and a lot of good change like you have this new husband or wife and you feel so connected with them and you're living this new life that you love but then there's just this little bit of like blues inside of you and so I just want you to know if that happens to you that it's totally normal that feeling went away for me within I would say a couple of weeks of getting married like once we got back to our apartment I definitely felt like that had kind of passed away we hung out with my family a lot and I think that helped a lot just knowing that I was still very much a part of my family just as much as Aiden is still very much a part of his family you're just starting a new journey together and that's okay and I think something that helped me was just talking a lot about my feelings with Aiden and just being open with how I was doing with the transition because that will definitely help to know that they're on the same page, they feel for you, they can pray for you, they know what's going on, and that helped a lot. This next one is just that it takes work to prioritize the marriage. I think for us, we're both working from home, it can get very easy to just feel monotonous. I mean, obviously we're not traveling that much or going for Thanksgiving, but that's like one of the first trips we've done together. And so it can feel like you're in the same old, same old. And while you're going through the motions of, you know, sleeping together every night, waking up together and working and eating dinner and working out and you're doing things together, it still doesn't feel like quality time together. And so something we do every Thursday night is we have our date night. So we'll go out to a new restaurant or we'll go for a walk. We'll just do something. And it's something that I look forward to every single week. And something that I definitely want to keep up once we have kids and, you know, even are more busy than we are now. But I think it's important within your marriage not to think that just because I'm doing something with my husband or I'm working while he's beside me or watching TV together, that that is kind of quality time because you should actually be, you know, doing something together, physically together. And I think that can help too, just to make sure that you're really tuned in, that you know what's going on within your marriage, and just kind of building those memories. And this one is just that the first person to apologize after an argument is the winner. And I know they say that there are no winners whenever you argue, but there is. It's the person who apologizes first. And I'm not saying to kind of brush your concerns under the rug and just be quick to apologize, but I have always been so resistant to being the first to apologize during arguments and you know maybe saying something that I shouldn't have said but then feeling justified like that is not a good way to behave by any means and I just know how much it means to me when he apologizes to me despite you know maybe feeling wrong despite feeling angry about something stupid like I do I just am so stubborn to apologize and so something I learned within marriage within like you know the first like argument we had and he was the first to apologize I was like man you know what I want to be that person 
I want to be the person because after that happens, you actually talk about things and the situation gets better. But if you keep holding out on apologizing, it's only going to make things worse and have things drag on longer. This next one is just that you still need to be fulfilled on your own. I think it can be kind of easy to fall into the trap of marriage where you assume that this person completes you and that they're going to make you a better person, that they will you know, make things good about you that you didn't think were good, but it's really important to make sure you're finding fulfillment in who you are and your own passions and your own relationship with God apart from your spouse. In the meaning of marriage, there's this quote that says, if we look to our spouses to fill up our tanks in a way that only God can do, we are demanding an impossibility. And I think that it's only going to add more strain onto your marriage if you're expecting that person to totally complete you and fulfill you. I mean, I feel fulfilled through my own spiritual life. I feel fulfilled through my own friendships that I have and my own passions. It's a big reason why Aiden is not a huge part of my social media because I think that that's my job. It's also for like privacy reasons. I like it a lot more and I'm happy to share with what he's comfortable with me sharing on here alone, but I just don't want that part of my life to be part of my job because I think it's very much healthy to have something that's just mine that I enjoy that. I work on that's separate from him and that's something that I learned just with like doing social media online but it's healthy to have your own things that you like doing to have a girls night to hang out with people apart and I think that it makes me appreciate him more when I am being fulfilled in the ways that I need to be on my own and being watered by things outside of him to really grow in myself and this last one is just to seek out ways to serve the other person I think I knew that when getting married that it was important to serve the other person but I didn't necessarily seek out ways and this is something that Aiden does a really good job at he's really in tune with the things that I talk about the way that I'm feeling and my personal love language is acts of service and so something he did the other day which was so sweet I've been complaining about my back being really tight for a really long time I am constantly asking for him to rub my back because I just have like these two knots near my neck that never go away and they hurt so bad I've also just been dealing with anxiety that I said but something he did was he just randomly booked me like a massage in the middle of the week and it made my day like that is something that I never would book for myself because I just feel like it's kind of frivolous I don't need to do that I can just get him to grind out the knots in my back but it felt so good to get a professor to get a professional massage to like wear a robe be in a spa and it made my day and just made me appreciate him so much and that was something that he didn't have to do but he sought out a way that he could serve me based off of what I was saying, what I was talking about, and it just meant a lot for me. So know their love language, figure out what it is, and try to find ways to serve them in that way because it's only going to make your marriage better in the long run. And that is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Like always, let me know if you did. My last marriage episode that I did is definitely my most listened to one. So I figured you guys would be into this one as well. And if you're getting engaged or you're getting married soon, congrats. And just know that it does not need to be as stressful as the world makes it out to be. You know, the wedding industry really puts a lot of pressure on us. And just know that the fact of the matter is you're getting married and that's what is important and also just know that there are ways that you can help set your marriage up for success and there are also a lot of things that I didn't realize or didn't expect and I learned as I got married and so you'll learn 
and I'm still learning. It's obviously only been a few months, so I got a lot of learning to do, but this is what I've learned so far and things I didn't expect and how I think that you can have better preparation for your marriage to come as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, feel free to send me a DM. I love seeing people tagging me in stories whenever they're on a walk, whenever they're working out, whenever they're just chilling, listening to the podcast. It makes my day. And even if I don't share all of them, I usually respond to all of them because it seriously means the world to me. And I'm so grateful for you guys. Feel free to drop me a review if you're listening on Apple. Give me a rating because that also helps the podcast too if you feel so inclined to. Um, thankful for you guys. I love you guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week.